to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and displeasing. I'm Nicole. I'm Melanie. And Melanie got me that blanket for my birthday, <laughs> and it's a baby blanket. It's 30 inches by 40 inches, because I don't know how to read. <laughs> I open it, and I was like, this is so cute, and then I like <laughs> unfold it, and I was like... Wow, this is small. <laughs> it's kind of like, like you know, when you like get like a like a big haircut and it's like <clears throat> way shorter, mm-hmm. and then you go to put conditioner on it and you like stop and you're like, oh my god, where's the rest of my hair? You're like, oh my god, where's the rest of this blanket? <laughs> oh yeah, it's so pretty and like pink and cute, but it's so tiny. That's true. For some reason, my scroll bar on my Google Docs like stopped showing up. Do you not scroll with two fingers? I found it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When you go to scroll in a document, you go over to the side and drag down the bar? Yeah. You don't just scroll with two fingers? I didn't know you could do this. Yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh. I mean, one of us is more used to doing this than I the other. Know, I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's okay. My co-teacher, I love her. She's 51. She didn't even know like that that was called a trackpad. Like, did you not know it's called a trackpad? <laughs> you work on your computer all day. Okay, sorry. I didn't identify all of the parts of my computer before I started working. Okay, that's on true. It. I don't know the other parts, but I can't believe that you work on your computer all day and you don't just scroll with two fingers. I didn't know that that was Oh my gosh. Did you know that if you do control C, it copies? And then if you do control yeah. V, it pays? Yeah. At least you do that. I um, do. I love watching the old people at my job. Oh my God. They like, I literally watch someone at a professional development highlight and then go up to edit and hit copy and then <laughs> click somewhere else, go up to edit and hit paste. I was like, that was almost painful. Because <laughs> sometimes I do, sometimes I do like right click to do it if I'm in like yeah. a certain type of document, but like I don't go up to edit <laughs> to do it at least. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm okay with computers, but my boss is really good with computers and like all of the shortcuts and stuff. So, so he'll like painfully watch me edit an Excel document. And he's like, you can just do like this. And I'm okay. Like, if it's Excel. Nope. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty fluent in, in Excel now. But nice. Like, you can like, okay. So in my inorganic chemistry class at Western, we would have tables with like 1300 data points oh my god and so I would sit there and I would wait for it to scroll all the way down you can just click control shift down and mm-hmm. it highlights all of them <gasps> oh I didn't know that mm-hmm. oh my gosh or if you want to like go all the way over to the like right it's yeah control shift right oh yeah, wow so. oh I've never had that many things I've needed to highlight before oh I do all the oh time. my gosh you just sat there and we're scrolling mm-hmm. and scrolling and scrolling oh yeah my and then gosh. like if you accidentally like move you have to re- oh my it. gosh see but like I don't know any of this and it's my fault because per the state of Illinois I had I took a technology class mm-hmm. um but I didn't like watch any of the videos or do any of the homework right <laughs> so you? I so because I think I had to do like a final project so I had to like make a powerpoint and make an excel spreadsheet so I just like googled how to make it and then as soon as I was done I just dumped all that information mm-hmm. out of my brain no, I really what? like Excel. I use Google Sheets. I don't. 
He's cool. Well, on my work laptop, I can't do that. Why? You can't save things online. Why? Because it's not secure. Oh, duh. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I can I forgot your job for a second. <laughs> yeah. Everything has to, like, our documents, when you open them, you have to click, like, what you're, you're labeling your document as. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, um, unclassified, classified. Oh, wow. Restricted, and then something else. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, do you know what story I'm doing today? I do not. Okay. I'm doing... Georgie Markov. I don't know who that is. Well, I'll tell you. Yay! <laughs> okay. Is Georgie one of the kids in It? <laughs> yes, it's the little boy who dies at the, at the beginning. Hello, Georgie. So, I'm not going to tell you what happens. Like, I'm not going to say, like, the title of it. Like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what happens. <laughs> episode end (laughs) (laughs) and that's the story of georgie markov (laughs) okay okay so markov was born march 1st 1929 in sofia bulgaria which is the capital and one of the largest cities in bulgaria he graduated high school in 1949 and he continued on to um a university to study industrial chemistry. Ooh. After that, Markov worked as a chemical engineer and he taught at a technical school um, until he got tuberculosis at 19. I didn't know that there was still tuberculosis in the 1940s. I don't know. I don't know when the vaccine came out. I have no idea. I always think of tuberculosis as something from like the 1700s when it was consumption. <laughs> He's got the consumption. What What is the iron lung from? What disease is that? <clears throat> polio? Is it? Oh. I don't even know what polio does. I just know it kills people. Anyways, so this illness made him spend lots of time in the hospitals, which led him to explore his literacy talents. Ooh. So between 1957 and 1962, Markov published four novels with wow. uh, men published in 1962, which won the annual award of the Union of Bulgarian Writers. The book was called Men? Yes. Oh, interesting. After Markov received this award, he was accepted as a member of the union, which I guess is like key to becoming a like to have a profession in liter mm-hmm. literacy, literature, literacy. <laughs> literacy sounded right. Okay. After he received this award, he started working at this publishing house that I'm not going to pronounce because it's Bulgarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he went on to write two more novels, and he started writing plays. Um, his work in 1966 called A Portrait of My Double, and in 1968 called The Women of Warsaw, uh, fortified his title as one of the most talented young writers in Bulgaria. Wow. So Markov didn't only focus on novels. He also wrote plays, but they were never staged. In fact, many were removed by communist censors. His novel, The Roof, was actually halted mid-print because the metaphors for the collapse of the roof <gasps> of the lean and steel mill. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
something political. Um, it's an actual steel mill, but like mm-hmm. something about it. <clears throat> I didn't look into that. Sorry. Was it like alluding to the fall of the? Yes. Like see, it he he was very open about like how he felt mm-hmm. about like government officials. Mm-hmm. So Markov became one of the writers for the TV show series Every Kilometer, um, and he was key to create the character of a World War II detective and then its resistance fighter nemesis. Ooh. So he he did a lot of writing. Um, even though some of his work was banned, Markov was known as a successful author and was even one of the writers that Todor... I don't know how to pronounce his name. Hold on. Hey, you chose to do a story from Bulgaria. It's actually London. Oh, now it's in London? No, but I'm saying like... Looking up Bulgaria's involvement in World War II. It was under the Soviet (laughs) Union, I think, or at least like... I don't know, something. Mm, It was in the Axis Alliance. It says it... Jesus Christ, that <laughs> was not helpful. Zhikov. <laughs> Zhikov. Bulgaria was, uh, joined the Axis allies, and in April of 1941, it participated in the German-led attack on Yugoslavia and Greece. Okay. Todor Zhikov. <laughs> uh, Melanie found the buttons on our, our sound effects. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Markov was known as a, a successful author and was even one of the writers that Todor Zikov tried to coerce into serving the reg- regime in their work, um, which he was a communist statesman at the time. Mm. So Markov decided to leave Bulgaria for <laughs> Italy, but it's Bologna, Illinois. Italy or Bologna, Italy. I don't know which one. So he left Bologna. He left Bulgaria for Italy, where his brother was living, and he his plan was to wait until his status with the Bulgarian authorities was resolved. But he changed his mind after the Bulgarian government refused to extend his passport in September 1971. One year later, in 1972. Markov moved to London, where he began working for the Bulgarian section of the BBC World Service. Um, He tried to work for the film industry, but it never really went anywhere. So then he went to work for both a Germany-funded and U.S.-funded international broadcaster. At the same time this was happening, his membership at the Union of Bulgarian Writers was suspended, so how he like got all those awards Mm -hmm. back um he was sentenced in absentina to six years and six months in prison for desertation of bulgaria oh my god yeah so and i didn't know what in absentina means but like it basically like you're just not there yeah sentence you i mean context clues but yeah Okay, so his work was withdrawn from all the libraries and bookstores (gasps) in Bulgarian, in Bulgaria. (laughs) God damn, why did I put Bulgarian? (laughs) 
and his name wasn't even allowed to be mentioned in <gasps> Bulgarian media until 1989. Because he left? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Um, after his sentencing, the Bulgarian Secret Service opened a file on Markov under the code name Wanderer. Oh. That's kind of a good name, though. I That's know. That's a really good <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if if Bulgarian is uh, if Bulgaria is famous for something, it's good code names. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, while his all of his work was being redacted in Bulgaria, he was becoming a success in London. In 1974, his play "To Crawl Under the Rainbow" was staged in London, and in Edinburgh, his play "Archangel Michael" won its first prize. Um. Then in 1975, Markov married Annabelle Dyke, and one year later, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, one year later, they had their daughter Alexandria. That's a pretty name. <laughs> yeah. Then between 1975 and 1978, Markov worked on in absentina reports, um, which was an analysis of life in communist bulgaria and he would broadcast this weekly on radio free europe which was get murdered just listen (laughs) (laughs) so he talked about the criticism of the communist government and how Todor zikov (laughs) zikov um which made him even more of an enemy to the bulgarian um, government so there was like a whole excerpt from this broadcast which i'm going to read um okay so today we bulgarians present a fine example of what it is to exist under the lid which we cannot lift and which we no longer believe someone else can lift and the unending slogan which millions of loudspeakers blare which blare out is everyone is fighting for the happiness of others. Every word spoken under an alternating current. We have seen how personalities vanish, how individuals individuality is destroyed, how the spiritual life of a whole people is corrupted to turn them into a listless flock of sheep. <laughs> I think he's going to get murdered. <laughs> We have seen so many of those demonstrations which humiliate human dignity where normal people are expected to applaud some paltry mediocrity who has proclaimed himself a demigod and condescendingly waves to them from the heights of his police involatability. Involatability? Is that a word? I don't know. I guess so. Okay. So... Oh my. That was an excerpt from one of his episodes. Yeah. Oh so my. he was very public about his Wow. Criticism. Yes. I mean, and he was already on the bad side of everyone in the yeah. government because the government tried to get them tried to get him to work for them. So I would assume like he would be writing stuff to like mm-hmm. blow smoke up people's asses yeah. and stuff. So on September 7th, 1978, Markov was walking across the Waterloo Bridge, which is over the Thames River, which did we talk about the Thames River in 19 Crimes? I don't remember. I could have sworn. Anyways, I didn't look it up, but <laughs> <laughs> I could have easily looked it up. Okay, so 
he's walking over the Waterloo Bridge to the bus stop to go to work at PBC. While he's waiting at the bus stop, he feels a sharp pain on the back of his right thigh. He compares this to a bee sting or a bug bite. When he looks behind him, he saw a man picking up an umbrella off the ground and then hurrying across the street into a taxi. So, once Markov arrived at work, he noticed that he now had a small red purple. Purple. He's got some purples. (laughs) Okay. He noticed that he had a small red pimple forming where he had felt the sting earlier. What was even worse is that the pain didn't stop her lesson. So like it has still been as painful as when it happened. Markov reportedly told one of his coworkers, um, Theo Lurkoff, all of them have cough at the end of (laughs) of their names, um, about the incident um, at work that day. Later that night, he developed a fever and it must have been pretty severe because he was admitted to St. James Hospital oh in gosh. South London. Markov told the doctors about what had transpired earlier that day, and he claimed that he had been poisoned. Um, his physician, Bernard Riley, ordered an x-ray of the back of Markov's leg, but nothing was found or detected. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I forget to breathe sometimes. <clears throat> You know, that's an ADHD thing. Forgetting to breathe. Like when you're like making like, when you're really audible, so you like sigh yeah. really loud. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Either. I feel like everything is an ADHD <laughs> thing. I know, right? Okay. Uh, so they couldn't determine what could have been the cause of this illness. And Markov died four <gasps> days later on September 11th, 1978. Oh my God. He was 49 years old. So... I'm trying to use my two fingers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> need to practice. <sighs> okay. Because of Markov's claims about being poisoned, Metro Police had a thorough autopsy performed by Rufus Crompton. Crompton noticed or Crompton noted a red mark on the back of Markov's leg, so he decided to investigate further. So he took a tissue sample from the area with the red pimple on it. And then he also took um, the same spot on the other leg. Mm-hmm. And he sent it off to for analysis to the Port, Porton Down Chemical and Biological Weapons Laboratory. Oh, wow. Um, there was a research medical officer, David Gall, who found a tiny pellet in the tissue. <gasps> The pellet was 1.7 millimeters in diameter, and for comparison, a pinhead is two millimeters. <gasps> oh my gosh! The mallet was the mallet. <laughs> <laughs> the pellet was composed of platinum and iridium, with two holes drilled through it to make an X-shaped cavity. Oh my god! The pellet was tested, but no traces of poison were detective. Which led scientists to hop, hypothesize, hop off, hop off, This led scientists to hypothesize. Oh my god! Why can't I say it? Hypothesize. Hypothesize. Jesus Christ! Give a good guess that the pellet may have contained ricin. What's ricin? I'm going to get into it, but let me... Oh. 
Nice. There you go. <laughs> I want to show you like kind of what it looked yeah. like. Yeah. I can't believe that it was that tiny. That's scary. Yeah. New fear unlocked. <laughs> the KGB is coming. This was <laughs> the pellet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so small. Okay. <clears throat> and this was embedded in his like. Ew, now we don't have fears <clears throat> of something being embedded. I'm sorry. In my leg. So, let's talk about ricin. <clears throat> have you never heard about ricin? Maybe after you tell me, I will. Okay. Ricin is a poison found in castor beans. Nope. Okay. <laughs> castor is a plant that produces seeds or beans, and then castor oil is made by pressing ripe seeds that have their outer hull or shell mm-hmm. removed, and this this outer shell ha- is the part that contains ricin. Mm. Castor oil is used as medicine such as birth control, constipation, leprosy, and syphilis. <laughs> it's a it's a catch all. It is. It's an all purpose cleaner for <laughs> leprosy. Um, it also can be used to start labor and the flow of breast milk, which no way in hell would I put anything that close to my body while I'm making a human. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, you can apply castor seed paste to your skin for boils, abscesses, migraine headaches, and inflammatory skin disorders. Oh my goodness. Castor seeds are also used to make paints, varnishes, and lubricating oils. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's pretty harsh. Also, I do not condone anyone to try to make castor oil. (laughs) I will not be responsible for what happens. So rising can be made from the waste material left over from processing castor beans, and it can be made into the for- form of powder, mist, or pellet. Mist? That's scary. Yeah. Ricin is easily admissible in water or weak acid, and the substance can be inactivated by heating it above 176 degrees oh. Fahrenheit. So... You typically have to be deliberately exposed to ricin unless you're like snacking on some castor beans. You can't just like mm-hmm. accidentally get poisoned. Um, ricin poisoning is not contagious. So like if I had a poisoning, like if mm-hmm. I coughed, it wouldn't get on you. However, if you come in contact with someone who has ricin like on themselves, mm-hmm. you can be exposed. Um, so I'm going to talk about the effects if you inhale it and the effects if you ingest it. So if you inhale ricin, you will begin to have difficulty breathing, a fever, cough, nausea, and tightness in your chest. Scary. Yeah. Swelling or, oh my goodness, heavy sweating. <laughs> I don't know how I got swelling <laughs> from that. Heavy sweating is common as fluids build up in your lungs. Oh my also God. known as pulmonary edema. And then... You're, you get low blood pressure and respiratory failure. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. If you ingest if you ingest ricin, you will begin vomiting and having <laughs> diarrhea that may become bloody. Oh, God. This results in severe dehydration followed by low blood pressure. Other symptoms are seizures and blood in your urine. Jesus. Over the following days, your liver, spleen, and kidney might stop working. So, how does ricin work (laughs) ricin gets inside your cells and inhibits your cells from making the proteins they need 
the cells need so that Mm -hmm. all your cells eventually die. Oh my God, harsh. The effects of ricin are dependent on if the poison was inhaled, ingested, or injected. Death from the poisoning can happen anywhere between 36 and 72 hours of exposure, depending on exposure and dose. There is no antidote for ricin, and the CDC recommends getting ricin off or out of your body as soon as possible and to be treated with supportive medical care. So, you, yeah, just to make you comfortable while you die. Yeah, this is ba- this is basically just making you as comfortable as possible until you die. <laughs> <laughs> examples would be... They're there. <laughs> supportive care. Uh, examples would be intravenous fluids, helping them breathe, and receiving medications to treat seizures and low blood pressure. Okay, so shocker in the 40s the u.s experimented with ricin to be tested as chemical warfare agents um where the poison was purified and could be like breathed in Mm -hmm. uh the smaller the particle size the more poisonous the ricin is um and it's also famous for being um in letters sent to some congress members (sighs) and the white house which was linked to a terrorist and anti-government group oh my gosh Okay, so back to the pellet. <laughs> Just, a, you know, you're all, you're, uh, <coughs> we are all ricin experts yes. now. You're a subject matter expert on ricin. Um, so, Porton Down scientists theorized that there was a sugary substance uh, used to coat the holes and trap the poison inside. The coating melted at body temperature. So, after the pellet was injected into Markov's leg, the coating melted and released poison into his bloodstream. Wow. Yeah. With Markov making himself an enemy of Bulgaria, many people believe that the Bulgarian Secret Service and the KGB were involved in his death. So, just 10 days before Markov's murder, an attempt was made to kill Vladimir Kostov who was a Bulgarian traitor as well in the exact same way that Markov was killed, but he was in Paris. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Oleg Kalinin. (laughs) (laughs) He was a KGB defector. He alleged that the Bulgarian Secret Service arranged the murder of Markov with the help from the Soviet KGB. He stated that Markov had been killed using an umbrella gun. (gasps) Like the umbrella man from JFK. Yeah. So basically it's, they think that like, there's pictures of it. Hold on. So there's like a trigger and then Uh, the end of it injected. Okay. So no one has ever been charged with Markov's murder. Um, This might be because. This might be because most documents in relation to the murder are unavailable, which make many people think that they were destroyed. Nice. The British newspaper reported that their prime suspect was Francisco Galino, who was last known to be living in Denmark. Later in 2006, the British documentary The Umbrella Assassin was released, and in this documentary, several people were interviewed, including people in Bulgaria, Britain, Denmark, and America. So they also focused in on Galeno, stating that he was alive and traveling through Europe at the time. Okay, so in June of 2008, 
there were reports of Scotland Yard renewing their interest in the case, and detectives even went to Bulgaria and made requests to interview relevant persons mm-hmm. in the case. Um, but Galino died in Austria in August of 2021. So he just died. Mm-hmm. Um, then, it, well, okay, so in 2000, after Markov died, obviously, he was awarded the Order of Stara Plan- Planina, uh, which is Bulgaria's most prestigious honor. And it was for his significant contribution to Bulgarian literature, drama, and nonfiction, and his exceptional civic position and confrontation of the communist regime. My goodness. (coughs) Yes. Nice. So, that's the story of... That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, I figured that he was going to die, but that was a very, like... Like KGBE way yes. to die. Yes. My gosh. Annabelle Markov, which is his wife, discussed her husband's opinions about the umbrella. So in April of 1978, she told BBC's Panorama program, um, quote, he felt a jab in his thigh. He looked around and there was a man behind him who'd apologized and dropped an umbrella. I got the impression as he told the story that the that the jab hadn't been inflicted by the umbrella, but that the man had dropped the umbrella to cover, to cover his mm, face. Yeah. So. Freaky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's, that's really the interesting. suspicious death of Georgie. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's you're, scary. You're welcome. Sorry for unlocking a new fear of umbrellas. <laughs> I was gonna say ricin. Well, also ricin, but that I mean, but umbrella guns are like speculated in a lot of are they really weird cases? When like uh, JFK, there's the Umbrella Man. Well, so some people believe that like the trajectory of the bullets um, like couldn't have been from where they said it was, but it could have been from this man that was like holding an umbrella, and it was just like a regular sunny day, mm-hmm. like no clouds in the sky, but he had an umbrella, so then, like it was an umbrella gun. It's probably because of this case. It absolutely could be, yeah. Like when you Google ricin, <clears throat> this case. Oh comes wow! Up. Like yeah, that and like the letters sent to Congress. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, freaky. So fun. KGB. I'm glad that you didn't know anything about it. No, I, yeah, I've never <laughs> heard about that at all. I, I um learned about it in a forensic botany class. Oh, cool. So here's super, the ways to kill people cool. with plants, and you can't trace ricin. Oh my god, because they never found any remnants of it. Yeah, so it's just their guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, because there's nothing. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. That's a good story. Isn't it crazy that, that nature is. can, like, just, like, kill people? Yeah. With no... It's like M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. It's really dumb. It's really bad. I I love you, M. Night Shyamalan. And the, it was the acting in that movie. Oh. It's Zoe Deschanel and Matt Damon. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Sorry. Mark Wahlberg. Which I hate Mark Wahlberg. You hate Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's really racist and like be immigrants. I didn't know. Maybe it's Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was a good person. Mark Wahlberg 
racist. <laughs> I don't know. I get people confused. Yeah, here. Uh, the full list of Mark Wahlberg's racist hate crimes. Yeah, no, he's really bad. Listen, Melanie, if you could stop ruining things I for know. me. Everything's... She ruined tra- one of my favorite books for me. Everything's just traced back to, like, something bad. Well, because we live it's in America. People, it's because we live in America. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we lived in, like, a nicer country that yeah. wasn't, like, built by slaves, then Maybe. we could have nicer origins <laughs> maybe if our family our ancestors decided to stay you know not we're in europe or something yeah that'd be nice <sighs> then we could have history yeah it also like freaks me out like when i see videos of people like like there's um this path in england that people have been walking on for thousands of years so it's never been paved but we don't have that here because we killed all the Native Americans. So we don't have any, like, history of, like, right. our land. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's just this, like, walking path between trees that's never been paved, but it's, like, fully smoothed out. And it used, like, and now it's, like, dipped down. And before it used to be raised even higher. But now it's, like, going lower and lower. Okay. So when you first said there's a path in England or whatever that people have been walking on for thousands of years for some reason i thought it was like this purgatory (laughs) road like there's people that are stuck walking oh my god (laughs) ow i just hit my microphone i am very sleep deprived this sunday it's also been like so cloudy last couple days i know i want it to be warm out me too. Because yeah. my son has really cute outfits. I, and he has little shoes too. He needs to go walk He's outside in his shoes. fat thighs. He's got fat feet. I don't know how you're going to shove those feet into some shoes. Listen. He's he's exceeded what Hayden is wearing here soon. <gasps> oh my god. I believe it. They're, they can Don't be, be the same size right now. He's going to be like 6'5". Like he's... <laughs> He is. It's like when you see a puppy and you're like, well, those are big paws. It's yeah, gonna be a huge it's going to be a huge kid. Mm-hmm. He's, He's got, got the big biggest feet. <laughs> Not only are they like long, they're fat. <laughs> they're, they're oval They're feet. pretty thick. <laughs> he has I, Dakota's feet. I put them in like Jesus shoes, which is what mm-hmm. I call, like the brown sandals yeah. uh, that have the strap on the back. Mm-hmm. And um, he kept pulling his whole foot out of it because <laughs> I think it was uncomfortable because I had to smush yeah. his feet in. And just think like, he, like babies go for so long without wearing shoes or they wear like this, like really soft shoes to go in into like the mm-hmm. structured shoes. I'm like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does not like it. I bet. So. <clears throat> Must be hard. I know, right? Everything's hard to be a baby. Okay. So. You know how when you look at babies and they're not napping and you're like, Jesus Christ, I wish I could nap. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think about that, but with people who don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. Because I, lately I've been thinking like, well, like, okay, so I I love watching Married at First Sight and they mm-hmm. like just wake up and are like eating breakfast and then they yeah. like decide whatever they want to do for the day. And I'm like, it's not dictated by the child. D- I did not appreciate it. Like... <laughs> at all made like, you just a little bit too jealous i used to come home and literally have no obligations to do anything now you have to keep a person alive yeah which is nuts like when i go to clean i'm like why was my house ever dirty <laughs> ever why was my before you had a done? kid yes <laughs> it makes no sense to me yeah 
So, so I know that's why <laughs> I Logan and I took Augie out for his birthday and we had him for like four hours mm-hmm. and then we dropped him off and we went home and took a nap. We're like, damn, <laughs> that was hard. So funny story. Cody's Cody and I have both been sleep deprived because we take turns in the middle of the night. Yeah. And so one morning he was half asleep and I think it was yesterday morning. He was half asleep and I walked into the bedroom and I was like, hey, can you take him so I can take a nap? And he goes, no, I'm tired. And I was like, Cody, I'm tired. He goes, there's no reason why both of us have to be tired. <laughs> he doesn't remember saying oh it. Oh, my God. I was like, okay, I'll be downstairs. <laughs> Logan does that, too. We'll have full conversations. And later on, I'll be like, hey, remember, like, this morning when we said this? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. The sleepy so- brain is something else. Oh my god, brains in general. Yeah. Are freaking nuts. That could be an episode, something like freaky that our brain makes us do. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on our social medias. We are on Facebook at aesthetically displeasing, on Instagram at aesthetically displeasing pod, and you can always email us at aesthetically displeasing pod at gmail.com. All right, bye guys. Bye.